Chapter eighteen of Father Goriot by Honore de Balzac, translated by Ellen Marriage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Chapter eighteen. Rastignac was left alone with the old man. He sat at the foot of the bed and gazed at the face before him, so horribly changed that it was shocking to see. Noble natures cannot dwell in this world, he said. Madame de Beauséant has fled from it, and there he lies dying. What place indeed is there in the shallow, petty, frivolous thing called society for noble thoughts and feelings? Pictures of yesterday's ball rose up in his memory, in strange contrast to the deathbed before him. Bianchon suddenly appeared. I say, Eugène, I have just seen our head surgeon at the hospital, and I ran all the way back here. If the old man shows any signs of reason, if he begins to talk, cover him with a mustard poultice from the neck to the base of the spine, and send round for us. Dear Bianchon, exclaimed Eugène. Oh, it is an interesting case from a scientific point of view, said the medical student, with all the enthusiasm of a neophyte. So, said Eugène, am I really the only one who cares for the poor old man for his own sake? You would not have said so if you had seen me this morning, returned Bianchon, who did not take offence at this speech. Doctors who have seen a good deal of practice never see anything but the disease, but, my dear fellow, I can see the patient still. He went. Eugène was left alone with the old man, and with an apprehension of a crisis that set in, in fact, before very long. Ah, dear boy, is that you? said father goriot recognizing eugene do you feel better asked the law student taking his hand yes my head felt as if it were being screwed up in a vice but now it is set free again did you see my girls they will be here directly as soon as they know that i am ill they will hurry here at once they used to take such care of me in the rue de la Jussienne. great heavens if only my room was fit for them to come into. There has been a young man here who has burned up all my bark fuel. I can hear Christophe coming upstairs, Eugène answered. He is bringing up some firewood that that young man has sent you. Good, but how am I to pay for the wood? I have not a penny left, dear boy. I have given everything, everything. I am a pauper now. Well, at least the golden gown was grand, was it not? Ah, what pain this is! Thanks, Christophe. God will reward you, my boy. I have nothing left now. Eugène went over to Christophe and whispered in the man's ear, I will pay you well, and Sylvie too, for your trouble. My daughters told you that they were coming, didn't they, Christophe? go again to them and i will give you five francs tell them that i am not feeling well that i should like to kiss them both and see them once again before i die tell them that but don't alarm them more than you can help rastignac signed to christophe to go and the man went they will come before long the old man went on i know them so well my tender-hearted Delphine, if I am going to die, she will feel it so much, and so will Nazi. 
I do not want to die. They will cry if I die. And if I die, dear Eugène, I shall not see them any more. It will be very dreary there where I am going. For a father, it is hell to be without your children. I have served my apprenticeship already since they married. My heaven was in the Rue de la Jussienne. Eugène, do you think that if I go to heaven I can come back to earth and be near them in spirit? I have heard some such things said. Is it true? It is as if I could see them at this moment as they used to be when we all lived in the Rue de la Jussienne. They used to come downstairs of a morning. Good morning, papa, they used to say, and I would take them on my knees. We had all sorts of little games of play together, and they had such pretty coaxing ways. We always had breakfast together, too, every morning, and they had dinner with me. In fact, I was a father then. I enjoyed my children. They did not think for themselves so long as they lived in the Rue de la Jussienne. They knew nothing of the world. They loved me with all their hearts. Mon Dieu, why could they not always be little girls? Oh, my head! this racking pain in my head. Ah, ah. Forgive me, children, this pain is fearful. It must be agony indeed, for you have used me to endure pain. Mon Dieu, if only I held their hands in mine, I should not feel it at all. Do you think that they are on the way? Christophe is so stupid, I ought to have gone myself. He will see them. But you went to the ball yesterday. Just tell me how they looked. They did not know that I was ill, did they? Or they would not have been dancing, poor little things. Oh, I must not be ill any longer. They stand too much in need of me. Their fortunes are in danger. And such husbands as they are bound to. I must get well. Oh, what pain this is, what pain this is. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. I must get well, you see, for they must have money, and I know how to set about making some. I will go to Odessa and manufacture starch there. I am an old hand. I will make millions. Oh, this is agony. Goriot was silent for a moment. It seemed to require his whole strength to endure the pain. If they were here, I should not complain, he said. So why should I complain now? He seemed to grow drowsy with exhaustion and lay quietly for a long time. Christophe came back, and Rastignac, thinking that Goriot was asleep, allowed the man to give his story aloud. First of all, sir, I went to Madame la Comtesse, he said, but she and her husband were so busy that I couldn't get to speak to her. When I insisted that I must see her, Monsieur de Restaud came out to me himself, and went on like this. Monsieur Goriot is dying, is he? Very well, it is the best thing he can do. I want Madame de Restaud to transact some important business. When it is all finished, she can go. The gentleman looked angry, I thought. I was just going away when Madame de Restaud came out into an antechamber through a door that I did not notice, and said, Christophe, Tell my father that my husband wants me to discuss some matters with him, and I cannot leave the house. The life or death of my children is at stake, but as soon as it is over, I will come. 
as for madame la baronne that is another story i could not speak to her either and i did not even see her her waiting-woman said ah yes but madame only came back from a ball at a quarter to five this morning she is asleep now and if i wake her before midday she will be cross as soon as she rings i will go and tell her that her father is worse it will be time enough then to tell her the bad news i begged and i prayed but there it was no good then i asked for monsieur le baron but he was out to think that neither of his daughters should come exclaimed rastignac i will write to them both neither of them cried the old man sitting upright in bed they are busy they are asleep they will not come i knew that they would not not until you are dying do you know your children oh my friend do not marry do not have children you give them life they give you your death-blow you bring them into the world and they send you out of it no they will not come i have known that these ten years sometimes i have told myself so but i did not dare to believe it the tears gathered and stood without overflowing the red sockets ah if i were rich still if i had kept my money if i had not given all to them they would be with me now they would fawn on me and cover my cheeks with their kisses i should be living in a great mansion i should have grand apartments and servants and a fire in my room and they would be about me all in tears and their husbands and their children i should have had all that now i have nothing money brings everything to you even your daughters my money oh where is my money if i had plenty of money to leave behind me they would nurse me and tend me i should hear their voices i should see their faces ah god who knows they both of them have hearts of stone i loved them too much it was not likely that they should love me a father ought always to be rich he ought to keep his children well in hand like unruly horses i have gone down on my knees to them wretches this is the crowning act that brings the last ten years to a proper close if you but knew how much they made of me just after they were married oh this is cruel torture i had just given them each eight hundred thousand francs they were bound to be civil to me after that and their husbands too were civil i used to go to their houses it was my kind father here my dear father there there was always a place for me at their tables i used to dine with their husbands now and then and they were very respectful to me i was still worth something they thought how should they know i had not said anything about my affairs it is worth while to be civil to a man who has given his daughters eight hundred thousand francs apiece and they showed me every attention then but it was all for my money grand people are not great i found that out by experience i went to the theatre with them in their carriage i might stay as long as i cared to stay at their evening parties in fact they acknowledged me their father publicly they owned that they were my daughters 
but i was always a shrewd one you see and nothing was lost upon me everything went straight to the mark and pierced my heart i saw quite well that it was all sham and pretence but there is no help for such things as these i felt less at my ease at their dinner-table than i did downstairs here i had nothing to say for myself so these grand folks would ask in my son-in-law's ear who may that gentleman be the father-in-law with the money-bags he is very rich the devil he is they would say and look again at me with the respect due to my money well if i was in the way sometimes i paid dearly for my mistakes and besides who is perfect my head is one sore dear monsieur eugene i am suffering so now that a man might die of the pain but it is nothing to be compared with the pain i endured when anastasie made me feel for the first time that i had said something stupid she looked at me and that glance of hers opened all my veins i used to want to know everything to be learned and one thing i did learn thoroughly i knew that i was not wanted here on earth the next day i went to delphine for comfort and what should i do there but make some stupid blunder that made her angry with me i was like one driven out of his senses for a week i did not know what to do i did not dare to go to see them for fear they should reproach me and that was how they both turned me out of the house o oh god thou knowest all the misery and anguish that i have endured thou hast counted all the wounds that have been dealt to me in these years that have aged and changed me and whitened my hair and drained my life why dost thou make me to suffer so to-day have i not more than expiated the sin of loving them too much they themselves have been the instruments of vengeance they have tortured me for my sin of affection ah, well fathers know no better i loved them so i went back to them as a gambler goes to the gaming-table this love was my vice you see my mistress they were everything in the world to me they were always wanting something or other dresses and ornaments and what not their maids used to tell me what they wanted and i used to give them the things for the sake of the welcome that they bought for me but at the same time they used to give me little lectures on my behavior in society they began about it at once then they began to feel ashamed of me that is what comes of having your children well brought up i could not go to school again at my time of life this pain is fearful mon dieu these doctors these doctors if they would open my head it would give me some relief oh my daughters my daughters anastasie delphine if i could only see them send for the police and make them come to me justice is on my side the whole world is on my side i have natural rights and the law with me 
i protest the country will go to ruin if a father's rights are trampled under foot that is easy to see the whole world turns on fatherly love fatherly love is the foundation of society it will crumble into ruin when children do not love their fathers oh if i could only see them and hear them no matter what they said if i could simply hear their voices it would soothe the pain delphine delphine most of all but tell them when they come not to look so coldly at me as they do oh my friend my good monsieur eugene you do not know what it is when all the golden light in a glance suddenly turns to a leaden gray it has been one long winter here since the light in their eyes shone no more for me i have had nothing but disappointments to devour disappointment has been my daily bread i have lived on humiliation and insults i have swallowed down all the affronts for which they sold me my poor stealthy little moments of joy for i love them so think of it a father hiding himself to get a glimpse of his children i have given all my life to them and to-day they will not give me one hour i am hungering and thirsting for them my heart is burning in me but they will not come to bring relief in the agony for i am dying now i feel that this is death do they not know what it means to trample on a father's corpse there is a god in heaven who avenges us fathers whether we will or no oh they will come come to me darlings and give me one more kiss one last kiss the viaticum for your father who will pray god for you in heaven i will tell him that you have been good children to your father and plead your cause with god after all it is not their fault i tell you they are innocent my friend tell every one that it is not their fault and no one need be distressed on my account it is all my own fault i taught them to trample upon me i loved to have it so it is no one's affair but mine man's justice and god's justice have nothing to do in it god would be unjust if he condemned them for anything they may have done to me i did not behave to them properly i was stupid enough to resign my rights i would have humbled myself in the dust for them what could you expect the most beautiful nature the noblest soul would have been spoiled by such indulgence i am a wretch i am justly punished i and i only am to blame for all their sins i spoiled them to-day they are as eager for pleasure as they used to be for sugar-plums when they were little girls i indulged them in every whim they had a carriage of their own when they were fifteen they have never been crossed i am guilty and not they but i sinned through love my heart would open at the sound of their voices i can hear them they are coming yes 
yes they are coming the law demands that they should be present at their father's deathbed the law is on my side it would only cost them the hire of a cab i would pay for that write to them tell them that i have millions to leave to them on my word of honor yes i am going to manufacture italian paste foods at odessa i understand the trade there are millions to be made in it nobody has thought of the scheme as yet you see there will be no waste no damage in transit as there always is with wheat and flour hey hey and starch too there are millions to be made in the starch trade you will not be telling a lie millions tell them and even if they really come because they covet the money i would rather let them deceive me and i shall see them in any case i want my children i gave them life they are mine mine and he sat upright the head thus raised with its scanty white hair seemed to eugene like a threat every line that could still speak spoke of menace there there dear father said eugene lie down again i will write to them at once as soon as bianchon comes back i will go for them myself if they do not come before if they do not come repeated the old man sobbing why i shall be dead before then i shall die in a fit of rage of rage anger is getting the better of me i can see my whole life at this minute i have been cheated they do not love me they have never loved me all their lives it is all clear to me they have not come and they will not come the longer they put off their coming the less they are likely to give me this joy i know them they have never cared to guess my disappointments my sorrows my wants they never cared to know my life they will have no presentiment of my death they do not even know the secret of my tenderness for them yes i see it all now i have laid my heart open so often that they take everything i do for them as a matter of course they might have asked me for the very eyes out of my head and i would have bidden them to pluck them out they think that all fathers are like theirs you should always make your value felt their own children will avenge me why for their own sakes they should come to me make them understand that they are laying up retribution for their own deathbeds all crimes are summed up in this one go to them just tell them that if they stay away it will be parricide there is enough laid to their charge already without adding that to the list cry aloud as i do now nasi delphine here come to your father the father who has been so kind to you is lying ill not a sound no one comes then am i to die like a dog this is to be my reward i am forsaken at the last they are wicked heartless women curses on them i loathe them i shall rise at night from my grave to curse them again for after all my friends have i done wrong they are behaving very badly to me eh what am i saying 
did you not tell me just now that delphine is in the room she is more tender-hearted than her sister eugene you are my son you know you will love her be a father to her her sister is very unhappy and there are their fortunes ah oh, god i am dying this anguish is almost more than i can bear cut off my head leave me nothing but my heart christophe shouted eugene alarmed by the way in which the old man moaned and by his cries go for monsieur bianchon and send a cab here for me i am going to fetch them dear father i will bring them back to you make them come compel them to come call out the guard the military anything and everything but make them come he looked at eugene and the last gleam of intelligence shone in his eyes go to the authorities to the public prosecutor let them bring them here come they shall but you have cursed them who said that said the old man in dull amazement you know quite well that i love them i adore them i shall be quite well again if i can see them go for them my good neighbor my dear boy you are kind-hearted i wish i could repay you for your kindness but i have nothing to give you now save the blessing of a dying man ah if i could only see delphine to tell her to pay my debt to you if the other cannot come bring delphine to me at any rate tell her that unless she comes you will not love her any more she is so fond of you that she will come to me then give me something to drink there is a fire in my bowels press something against my forehead if my daughters would lay their hands there i think i should get better mon dieu who will recover their money for them when i am gone i will manufacture vermicelli out in odessa i will go to odessa for their sakes here is something to drink said eugene supporting the dying man on his left arm while he held a cup of tisane to goriot's lips how you must love your own father and mother said the old man and grasped the student's hand in both of his it was a feeble trembling grasp i am going to die i shall die without seeing my daughters do you understand to be always thirsting and never to drink that has been my life for the last ten years i have no daughters my sons-in-law killed them no since their marriages they have been dead to me fathers should petition the chambers to pass a law against marriage if you love your daughters do not let them marry a son-in-law is a rascal who poisons a girl's mind and contaminates her whole nature let us have no more marriages it robs us of our daughters we are left alone upon our deathbeds and they are not with us then they ought to pass a law for dying fathers this is awful it cries for vengeance they cannot come because my sons-in-law forbid them kill them restaud and the alsatian kill them both they have murdered me between them death or my daughters ah it is too late i am dying and they are not here dying without them 
Nazie, Fifine, why do you not come to me? Your papa is going. Dear Father Goriot, calm yourself. There, there, lie quietly and rest. Don't worry yourself. Don't think. I shall not see them. Oh, the agony of it. You shall see them. Really? cried the old man, still wandering. Oh, shall I see them? I shall see them and hear their voices. I shall die happy. Ah, uh, well, after all, I do not wish to live. I cannot stand this much longer, this pain that grows worse and worse. But, oh, to see them, to touch their dresses. Ah, uh, nothing but their dresses. That is very little. Still, to feel something that belongs to them. Let me touch their hair with my fingers. Their hair. His head fell back on the pillow as if a sudden heavy blow had struck him down, but his hands groped feebly over the quilt as if to find his daughter's hair. My blessing on them, he said, making an effort. My blessing. His voice died away. Just at that moment Bianchon came into the room. I met Christophe, he said. He is gone for your cab. Then he looked at the patient and raised the closed eyelids with his fingers, the two students saw how dead and lustreless the eyes beneath had grown. He will not get over this, I am sure, said Bianchon. He felt the old man's pulse and laid a hand over his heart. The machinery works still, more is the pity. In his state it would be better for him to die. Ah, my word, it would. What is the matter with you? You are as pale as death. Dear fellow, the moans and cries that I have just heard. There is a God. Ah, yes. Yes, there is a God, and he has made a better world for us, or this world of ours would be a nightmare. I could have cried like a child, but this is too tragical, and I am sick at heart. We want a lot of things, you know, and where is the money to come from? Rastignac took out his watch. There, be quick and pawn it. I do not want to stop on the way to the Rue du Helder. There is not a moment to lose. I am afraid, and I must wait here till Christophe comes back. I have not a farthing. I shall have to pay the cabman when I get home again. End of chapter 18